Let's have a quick word of prayer and commit this. Our Lord, we thank you for this opportunity and the privilege, Lord, as you are laid in my heart to bring this message to your children. They need to hear what you have in store for them. That from this time forth, your will as it is in heaven will come upon not just anywhere but into their lives and beyond that your will, perfect will, be accomplished in and through their lives. I commit myself into your hands that the Holy Spirit will move powerfully. Let there be clarity and power of your word as I deliver. In the mighty name of Jesus, your Son, my Savior, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Right, I want to start from uh, Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 through 30. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but just give you a summary of it. This has to do with the Master going on um, a journey, but before he left, what he did, he called the servants and he gave the servants um, some of his wealth to do business until he would come back again. To one, as your different scriptures may say different, may use different <coughs> words. In the NIV it says, gave a bag, five bags of gold to one, and two bags of gold to the second one, and to the third one, one bag. This is what he gave, and he said, until I come, do business with it. When he returned back, he found the one who had the five bags, he was excited, he said, you entrusted with me, entrusted five bags of gold, and here I made another five. And what was the response of the master? Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into my happiness. You have been faithful in little, and I'll make you charge of many things. That's what he received. Second person did the same thing. The two bags he multiplied into another two, and he was happy and he received the word from, of masters to say that, well done, my good and faithful servant. But the third one, we read something different. Third one spoke something I really struggled to understand what made him say what he said. He said, I know that you are a hard master. You gather what you did not scatter. You harvest what you did not sow. So I was afraid. I dug and I buried and here is what belongs to you. The response of the master to this servant was you wicked servant. Now in my thinking he did not misuse it, he did not abuse it, but he did not use it. You and I we have received talents None of us here, including, I have to say this as I, before I go further, if I say in my speaking, you, please know that you includes me, alright? That's good to start with. Well, he has given each one of you gifts and talents. I believe there is none here without a talent. What is important for us to know is what are we doing with the talent that God has given to us. We will, he will take an account of the thing that he has entrusted in our hands. When God impressed this in my heart to speak, he said, 
This country needs each one of you. That's why it is special. And that's why I said you are not here by accident. Some of us, we have got so engrossed, engaged, troubled with our own stuff. That's not where we, are, we ought to be. Concerning you, God has already taken care of. Already. As we heard testimonies, He is in control. You might be wondering if I'm saying that you are in control, why am I going through what I'm going through? If you are thinking that, the answer to it is, why you are going through, He is aware. Jesus is aware. He said, a hair won't fall without His knowledge. Do you believe that? Some of us, we have lost many. Alright? He is aware. He said, sparrows won't fall without His knowledge. He is aware of where you are. He has a plan and a purpose for you and that's what he wants you to accomplish. You will be held accountable not for not having done what your neighbor or your spouse or your anybody had to do. You will be held accountable to the things that he entrusted in your hands. So let's pay attention what happened here. What did each one as they said? The third one brought, it brought some words, I wouldn't even call them excuses, but he said, I was afraid. There was fear. Some of us are gripped with fear. What does the Bible say about fear? There's no perfect love in fear. It is a spirit of fear, by the way, the Bible says. It is a spirit. Do not let that spirit enter into you. You have the power and authority to speak to that voice or that fear. Once back at home I was about to preach and normally I'd like to enjoy worship and sitting at the back before I come to the pulpit and the spirit of fear was trying to enter into me and I took authority and I said I will not let you enter you can speak to the mountains to be moved you have that power and authority so if that is fear yes let me give you a quick testimony as each one of you, as I said, giftings and the opportunities, the opportunities that you have God brought your way, we can't afford to miss it. Jesus, when he prayed the high priestly prayer to the Father and said, I have not lost anyone except the one who was doomed. That was Judas. So I want you to know that for each one of us to be able to say, Lord, I haven't missed an opportunity. We, back at home, we were planning a march for Jesus. And as you heard, the place where I'm coming from is not a place to do something like that. I was... The anxiety level was rising up. I didn't know whether I should go. But then one day when I took a nap, the Lord spoke and asked me a question. And he asked me, Ajit, today if you die and go to heaven, would you have something that you would regret for not having done while you were on earth? Very direct question. And I was able to answer that. I laughed, first of all, the humor that he has. First I was happy that he called me by name. 
Second, I was happy that he said, today you die and go to heaven. So that's settled now. No fear about that. Okay. Otherwise, we worry whether we will land up there. Then what happened was, when he asked the question, I said, yes, I didn't have to wait. I said, Lord, I'm going. I went. I was never the same after the march with Jesus. Imagine the, the flags, the banners, the tambourines and going to different parts of the land and praying and claiming the grounds for Jesus and the Lordship of Jesus Christ upon that uh, town and all where we went and we were coming back together to, to, to let helium balloons with messages and scripture verses and all of that. There were people who even witnessed and saw angels. People when they gave testimonies their feet were off the grounds I should say. You have something let not fear grip you because he who is in you is greater than anybody who can stand against you. The message for you is, are you in the Lord's, God's master plan? For us, we need to understand, for us to be able to understand his master plan, we need to first find out a scripture that I will read to you is Matthew 24, 46 through 47. Blessed is that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Some translation says, find you working. We ought to be working. And there's nothing more important or should take priority than his kingdom business. Because no matter what you need, the scripture says, seek ye first. He didn't say seek the kingdom. He said, seek ye first the kingdom. The rest of the things that you want will be added to you. It's a promise. He's not a man to lie. You can take his word at his weight. You can trust him. In this changing, ever-changing world, there's only one thing that will never change. That is his word. He said, the heavens and the earth may pass away, but not his word. Are you receiving? I hope you are. You can speak back to me, all right? Well, there's a wake-up call for each one of us. We found in Ephesians 5, 10 through 16, which says, and find out what pleases the Lord. Very important for us to know what His will for us is and what pleases Him. Verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. There are a lot of things happening all around us. There are even, let me put it this way, one of the tactics of the evil one is to get us to do what we call the good works. Let me say this to you boldly as I can. The good works, if it is not of the Lord, it is good for nothing. He can get us involved in doing what we determine as good. Your time, your resources, your energy, your efforts are gone for something that has no eternal value. We ought to be investing in the heavenlies. Where the moth cannot eat or the rust cannot destroy or the thief cannot steal. But how are we doing today getting uh, things we need to make ourselves comfortable where we are living? That's fine. There's no harm in that. But you have a bigger job. You have a bigger calling. Because we are going to spend eternity. What you do with the talents and the giftings that the Lord has given us is an investment in the heavenlies. You all have what it takes. The scripture says, if you go back and read, according to each one's ability, you have been given. 
So you cannot say I don't have it. The potential in you is equivalent to the job that God has given to you. He's calling in your life and you have it. It is a daily discovery of the potential you have. Amen to that? Amen. See the words, we do not want to hear the words the Lord said, uh, Master said to the third servant. You wicked and lazy servant. Maybe fear, maybe whatever. These are not the words you want to hear. You and I, we want to hear well done my good and faithful servant. The call of God according to his purposes. Romans 8.28 says, we know that all things God works for the good for those who love him. We heard the testimony. Not able to get on board. God has a bigger plan of the testimony. Amen. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. Verse 30. And those he predestined, he also called. We each one of us, let me say this again. There is none without a call. Please take this in. I want to drive this home because this country needs you. You might think I am not a decision maker. I am not in the cabinet. I am not so and so. But you have a huge responsibility. Your words that you pray can make a shift in the heavenlies. Do you believe that? Amen. Let me ask that question again. I, let me hear an amen. Because it's important that we take in the Lord has prepared. You know what God told Jeremiah? The master, he said to Jeremiah, Before you were born, I set you apart. Do you believe of yourself that God knew you before you were conceived in your mother's womb? Yes. Amen to that. He knows. And he has given us that you are there, you are here among the living today. Why you were not born at the time of Noah, at the time of Moses, at the time of Elijah, at the time of whoever. You are among the living today is because God has a purpose and a plan for you to accomplish today. Not just in your family, in your community, in, your, in this country. And God has a plan for you. Ephesians 1, 4 through 5 and 11. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world. It's too difficult to understand. Before he even laid the foundations of the world, he has chosen you and me. Let's take the word at its weight. As he says, verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Let us know this. We are created by him, for him, and for his pleasure. Everything together. Verse 11. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. It is his will. It is his will. Jesus said, Nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. He asked three times. Jesus prayed three times. Isn't there a way? Isn't there another way? But if it is, if there isn't a way, may it be according to your will. Mother Mary said, be unto me as you will. Are you willing to say today, 
It's a sacrifice. And we are called to offer ourselves a living sacrifice. My question to you is, are you willing to say yes to him today? It's important. We do not know of our tomorrow. None of us. And it is not business as usual anymore. At the time of Noah, voice was clear, but they didn't believe. They had all the things as not to believe. It had not rained, if I'm not mistaken, for 120 years. And here he's talking about rain and floods. Nobody believed. Finally, the God himself shut the door of the ark. Only Noah and his family. All the others perished. At the time when Jesus walked into the temple, it was business as usual. You have made my father's house into a den of thieves. Let us understand the signs of the times that we see all around what's happening around us. Signs of the times says the Lord's coming is nearer than ever before. You believe that? Amen. Let's get to work. So do not God's will. You might want to know how do I know God's will? Romans 12.2 says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. It is a command. It is a command. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will for you. Come out, come out, come out of the world. Because you are not, you are in this world, but you are not of this world. You are from a different kingdom. Hallelujah. Renewing, I must say to renew our minds, there may be things that you will need to unlearn, to renew, to be transformed. I put it this way, that we have become products of the environment. What do I mean by that? Things around us have bombarded us so much, from the time of the fall in the Garden of Eden, people, instead of living from inside out, that was God's design by discernment. Things of the Lord, they are not received here. They are discerned. But because of the fall, there was something that happened. Life left. So the people that you see around you, you might see the dead walking around you. What do I mean by that? The dead walking around you, because they are physically alive, they are spiritually dead. There are many around us. We need to be able to be the salt and the light as he calls us, that people recognize. Hallelujah. Transformation. May it be the family, may it be anything and everything about in your life. May there be a transformation take place even from right now as we give ourselves. Well, it is clear, number one was God's call in our lives and we have no doubt that each one of us, we carry that call. It may not necessarily be the same what somebody else's call is. It's unique to each individual. But we all, as the body of Christ, we make the body complete. One may be the feet, one may be foot, one may be the hand, one may be the voice, 
but we become the body of Christ. No one can say that I do not need you. No, everyone is required here. All right. Today, as you are hearing, put aside the troubles that you are going through or you are facing. I speak to those mountains to be moved in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, whatever trouble, whatever that has crippled you, let that not hold you hostage. You have the right to speak. Say that. Get out. You have that power because there's power in the name of Jesus. Name above every other name. Thank God for that. You have all the artillery you need to fire. It's perfect than a laser-guided missile. It will not miss the target. It will bring you the word that you release. It will bring you the results. If it can demolish the walls of Jericho, what you're standing in front is absolutely nothing. As I'm, I know you might be having trouble following me, but I'm speaking again as I'm led by the Spirit. God wants you to know. Do not settle down to the facts you see in front of you. It's not in my notes. What is? Are there any teachers amongst us today? Any teachers? All right. Then I'll have to explain. Facts are something, but truth is different from facts. You believe that? You might be hearing in your news channels and media and. Every, you might be hearing facts, not even lies. I'm saying they are facts, but they do not remain same. The difference between truth and facts, which some facts have crippled us, I want you to know. The dictionary meaning, the Oxford Dictionary, states fact is the status of a thing at that moment of time. That's it. It has a time element to it. Your facts have a time element to it. <coughs> truth will never change. Heavens and the earth may pass away, but not the truth. Joshua and Caleb, they were able to see the giants in a different way than the other ten spies. They saw the same, but they processed what they saw through what they knew. How important it is for you and me to know the scripture as it says to us. The things you receive, the things that in front of you, you process through the scripture and you see the truth beyond the facts. Amen. They said, we will go. Amen. The Lord is with us. King David was in front of this giant Goliath. All the others were shivering at his voice. But this young shepherd boy, he processed things differently because he knew word you need to know so that you can speak to your giant. You can you are a giant's slayer. Amen. Each one of you. Know who you are in Christ Jesus. Don't be a don't have the victim mentality. Please. You are victorious because he overcame. You shall overcome. Because he overcame. Amen. So, you know what he spoke? David spoke. Who are you, the uncircumcised? <laughs> Against my Lord. I will cut your neck today. And give it to the birds to eat. That's exactly what. Your words are powerful. Huh? Amen. You have the power of life and death in your tongue. Amen. 
So be careful. It works the other way as well. Be careful. The words you speak, you can harm your own self by speaking the wrong words. Be careful of what you speak to yourself, to your family members, whoever. There is power of life and death in your tongue. We are supposed to bless and not to curse. Joshua 1.8 clearly says, I want to get to the last part of Joshua. God told him, My servant is dead. The people that you knew before, they are gone and it is your time today. We sang the days of Elijah. Sing that song again, but put your name in the place of Elijah. Dry bones shall come back to life. The fields are ripe unto harvest. You have the power and authority to speak for things to come to place. Not even much of doing. This is what God was telling Moses. There was a graduation which he failed. He was using his rod that he was used to. But God was upgrading him to say that speak to the rock for water, which he failed. Why did he fail? Because he had stiff-necked people all around him. It's not my words. Read your Bible. The scripture says, stiff-necked people. You might be having some stiff-necked people around you. Don't look around. Not here. Alright? Well, you have to be careful of them. Don't let them drain your energy, stamina and resources and all of that. We read that. They are not fruitful. Get yourself out of that. You have nothing to do with the dealers, okay, the, the people who will just take your time and consume it. And that's the trick of the evil one. He says, no hurry. There is a hurry. The Lord is waiting for us. He has given us an assignment. So he told Joshua, the important thing I want to get at is this, is to say that do not let the word depart from your heart or from your mouth. That you may have success in your life's journey. That's the success we are talking about by the word of God. Success is not, uh, uh, for a business person, what is success? A profitable deal. Any businessmen here? Right, a few, few hands, okay. We are in God's kingdom business. You all are right. We are in God's kingdom business. For a farmer, maybe, maybe a crop, bounty crop. For a fisherman, catch. But again, speaking of the fisherman, I'm reminded of what happened with our great fisherman, Peter. Lord told him, put the net on this side. Isn't there some humor in that? Is there a divider under the boat? That fish only on one side and God said, Jesus said, put the net, cast the net on this side. That catch he was not even able to carry, right? It is he who gives us the ability to make wealth. Not our doing. So please, concerning you, if you have been spending time and effort and energy and all of that to make a living, there's something wrong. He said, do not worry what you eat or drink or wear. Father in heaven knows what you're in need of. Some of you need to reprioritize your lives to know exactly what God is calling. He's able to provide. If you're struggling, that means there is something 
where you are supposed to spend time with the Lord just to speak forth, not even doing. You can speak to the circumstances. Now, mountains to be moved in Jesus' name. Know who you are and His love for each one of us. The scripture says that hills may be removed, mountains may be shaken, but His love for us will never, never be shaken. Amen. Let's move on. Do not let the word. Word is important. If you do not have the sword, you will not win the battle. You need to have the word with you. That's the word you speak. You need to have faith. And faith cometh by? Hearing the word. Shield of faith. When things are thrown at you, you take time to retaliate sometimes. Unfortunately, fight back. If you do not know who your enemy is, sometimes we forget. We have a common adversary, accuser of the brethren. He's real, by the way. But he who is in you is real. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 8, I want to speak about Philip. What happened was another thing, the hindrances we are talking about to being in the perfect will of God. Do you believe that if I tell you the past success can be a hindrance? There are a lot of hindrances, common and you know, and I'm not going to take time to speak of those hindrances. But the things that you might even not imagine that my success can be a hindrance for my walk with the Lord. Philip, now this is on the positive side. He got to Samaria and there was whole lot of things happening there. People were coming to the Lord. The demons were leaving. People were getting healed. And there was fantastic ministry happening. In the peak of his ministry, angel of the Lord comes, of the Lord comes and says, go to the desert road. That was a desert road. Whom will he finds there? Ethiopian eunuch. If I was there with, at the time, that's why I wasn't there, I believe. <laughs> I would have said there's good things happening and this is the voice not of God, it is voice of the devil. He see the mass evangelism. People coming to the Lord. I wouldn't have listened to that angel. But he left everything. God knows the end from the beginning. If you're called to do something, you need to be hearing God's voice all the time. You have to be in an attitude of prayer all the time. Not, prayer doesn't mean that you tell him your laundry list, whatever, whatever shopping list, or tell him and you get going, running to do your work. It is taking the time to hear what the Lord has to say. Keep a journal and journal, write down. It might even not make sense at the time, but you will know that it is a word for you for the journey that day. What you're going to face that day. Hallelujah. So, Philip, what happened? He went, he met this person, Ethiopian eunuch, and the end of the story is the gospel went to Ethiopia. We'll come back to it. We are talking about the hindrances and the things that we make mistake. I'm reminded of Samson. He killed a thousand with the fresh jawbone of a donkey. The scripture says, after he did that, he said something very interesting. With the donkey's jawbone, I have made donkeys of them. Isn't that human? 
Right? He, I think he enjoyed just slaying them. He said, I made donkeys out of the donkey's bone, jawbone. If I was there, I would have polished it, framed it, put it on the wall to say this is a lethal weapon that kills a thousand. He just threw it. Things that God makes us succeed or bring success, let that not get in between. A sad story, the day in the Second Kings 18, 3 through 4, which is Hezekiah, broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses has made. You remember the bronze serpent was raised? He had to break it into pieces. Why did he have to do that? Because until those days of the sons of Israel burned incense to it, to the brazen serpent. This is very common in many parts of the world. Even a gift that God has given us, that gift becomes bigger than the giver of the gift to us. Let's admit the fact that sometimes we forget the giver of the gift. Be careful. It's let there be nothing in between you and him. He's a jealous God. He will not permit that. Well, I would speak to those who are tuned in Zoom. Um, apologies for not greeting you first. But if I get to see you, that would be good. Uh, otherwise, I'll be talking to a blank number, which I will not uh, know who you are. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Yes. Good to see you. Herod, another thing commonly that happens. We all like a pat at the back. Some appreciation, don't we? We are human. But let's be careful not to touch the due glory to God. To give it to Him. Herod had a bad ending. He was wearing his royal robes, sat on his throne and delivered a public address to the people. They shouted, this is the voice of God, a God, not of a man. I believe he received it. And the end result was not good. Immediately, because Herod did not give praise to God, an angel of the Lord struck him down and he was eaten by worms. I did not write it, it's from the scripture. We should be extremely careful. We, as the children of the Most High God, we are supposed to be pointing to Jesus. Remember this, if you take a candle, you are the weak, he's the light. We are not to draw attention to ourselves, the things he will do, mighty things. Don't let that rock you off the boat. He wants us to know it is him. You report to duty. He will work in and through you. He will give you the words that you ought to speak. You don't have to even memorize things. I can give you testimony after testimony. He will give you the right word. Words of knowledge and wisdom. I'm into that. Amen. Some of the mistakes I want to highlight here. Duplicating. We want to be like someone else. I like that preacher. I like the way he spoke. I like 
or whatever. Be extremely careful. He is not you and you are not him. You are unique, fearfully and wonderfully made. There isn't another one like you. No, there isn't another God has done us such a job. Your fingerprints will not match another person. Don't try to duplicate. You become a duplicate. You cannot achieve your own assignment that you have. Well, I was asking the Lord of my assignment and he spoke very clearly. My dad is not among the living today but he was instrumental in building a church. The first funeral that was taken in the church was my dad's funeral. My brother at the time said something, he said he finished his job, he accomplished his purpose. So I started asking the Lord, what? you have for me to do. I thought it was like a project that you have to handle. The reason why I'm saying is you might be questioning what is God's will. We read how you find out. It may not necessarily something like a project. God's voice for me was do the daily assignments I give you. We need to be obedient to his daily assignments that he gives us. I started by saying that there is a purpose and a plan for your life here and in this country. I have come from that far to tell you that and to draw your attention, encourage you and challenge you. Covid, I've been here, when was I here last? Three years ago. 2019, November 10th, that was a Sunday when I spoke here, three years ago. A lot of things have happened from that time to this time. A pandemic hit. Our lives, many people, their lives have been changed. We felt what it is to be restricted during the curfew times and the, all the restrictions that we had. We came to know the value of freedom, didn't we? When we are restricted, then we know the value of freedom. God has given us freedom and that freedom is to use for his glory. Well, in this country, I checked, I'm talking about London, not Britain, not including Wales, not Great Britain, okay, and other close by. But just in London, COVID-19 deaths in 2021 was 78,128. 78,000? 128 COVID deaths in 2021. I do not know the truth. I do not know the, whether these are correct, but I just checked it out just a couple of days ago. You might think it's a big number because it took our attention of this COVID drew the attention of us all. If I'm, to, if I'm right in that, it has really taken our attention but has the same way taken attention of the abortions. Do you know the abortion deaths? How many? I checked up the number just in London. The first quarter itself, I believe I multiplied it by four, 
the first quarter of 2021 was 30,420, which I multiplied then, which came for the whole year as 214,852. Why am I highlighting this, just in this country where you are? This is the difference. If you see percentage-wise, COVID deaths amount to 36.36% of the abortion deaths, less than 50%, way below. If you take the other way around, the abortion deaths compared to the COVID is 275% up. This is what's happening around us. You have a voice. You will be the only Jesus some people see. Are you willing to be that instrument in the hand of mighty God? You have a calling. So you might ask, what must I do? If that's a question, that's a good question. Jeremiah 26, 2. This is what God told prophet Jeremiah. God told him, speak all the words I have commanded you to speak. Do not omit the word. Instructions given to Jeremiah. You might say, I am not. Let me tell you, you are a child of the living God. You may not be called a prophet, but God can give you words of knowledge. I'll tell you, you have the elements of everything that you need. The foreknowledge, the words of wisdom, you have it. The ability to teach, you have it. Ability to preach, you have it. Please, I recognize who you are in Him as He has given you the anointing and the gifts that you need. Not to be try to be somebody else, but to be who you are as He has given you birth, as you have set apart even before you were born. Ezekiel 33.6 Warn the people. This is what God told him. Warn the people. If the sword comes and takes away a life, then that one will be taken in iniquity. But I will hold the watchman accountable for his blood. You might even say in your mind a heart says that it is not fair. This is God's word. We have been given a voice to speak. What is wrong is wrong. If you see and if you do not warn them, their life taken by the iniquity and their lives, their blood will be required by our hands. This is serious business. Some time back, I had a word that God told me that I must speak to the entire family. My family I'm talking about, way back. I was neglecting it for more than a year. I happened to read these words. The moment I read these words, I, I, I started panicking. My goodness, I have neglected and God has asked me to announce this. I called my brother who is back at home and I told him, I'm coming for Christmas. Gather all those who are connected with our family relations. From my mother's side, from my father's side. Invite them. Call it whatever you want to call it. As I'm coming for Christmas, you can say it's a Christmas party. Gathered everyone and gave the word. You will find creative ways to do things. Not asking you to follow what I did. But to say that the seriousness of word you need to take to every dot. Amen to that? 
I know this can be challenging. I have to not to omit a word, give as the Lord has given. Who would stand in the gap? This is Ezekiel. The people of the land have practiced extortion and committed robbery. They have oppressed the poor and needy and have exploited the foreign resident without justice. Verse 30. I search for a man. Who is searching for a man? God is searching for a man. Among them to repair the wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land so that I should not destroy but I found no one. Do you find this a serious word? God is looking for a man. He didn't find anyone. He wanted to avoid destroying the land and he's counting on us. Something I read, a question that someone put to Jesus. You are entrusting responsibility in the hands of these twelve. What if they mess up? What if they fail? What are the plans you have? The answer of Jesus, I have no other plans. He's counting on you and me, serious as it is. God's master plan, let me highlight to it the title said, God's master plan, where am I? I want to quickly take you through from the birth of the church what happened on the day of Pentecost Peter okay, he had to speak up an ordinary fisherman he became a renowned speaker when the day of Pentecost came the people who were gathered there they concluded by saying these people are drunk Peter had to stand up and say that this is not the hour to get drunk. This is what the prophets foretold. God pouring spirit on all flesh and said that you put Christ Jesus to death. And the scripture says it cut, it pierced, it cut to their hearts and they asked, what, brethren, what must we do? He did not delay. He said, believe, repent and be baptized. This is what he said. That day, God added 3,000 to their number. Jesus told the disciples, you shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria. Jerusalem, 3,000 were added and the scripture says, not the people brought people, God added to their number daily. You do your part and God will do his part. So witnesses all in, all in Jerusalem. Then what happened with Stephen? One out of the seven chosen to serve the widows. Stephen. He was, he was the first martyr. He was before brought before the Sanhedrin. Beautiful story, read for you to understand the depth of the meaning of that story. But when he told exactly the scripture up to that point and said, you put Jesus to the cross today. When Peter spoke, they, their hearts, the word cut to their heart and they said, what must we do? Repent and be baptized. 
but the folks in the Sanhedrin, the priest and the elders and all of okay, they were not like the elders here in the Hope Church. They closed their ears, gnashing their teeth, dragged him out and stoned him to death. What happened with that? What happened with that? There was persecution that hit the church. People were scattered all over Judea. Jerusalem received people, 3,000 plus, and daily God was adding to the number. Now all of Judea, as Jesus spoke, word is spreading. Philip had gone to Samaria. He took the word there. People were coming to the Lord. When the temple back in Jerusalem heard that people have received the gospel in Samaria, they sent Peter and John. They went and they laid hands and they received the Holy Spirit. So the word in Jerusalem, in all of Judea and Samaria, and even the geographical expansion, the Ethiopian eunuch taken to Ethiopia, and that is from chapter 1 to chapter 12, but chapter 13 onwards you will get to see what happened through Paul to this part of the world, to Rome and this way. Why am I saying this? Is for you to know God's master plan is being executed. Today you and I are among the living because there is unaccomplished business for you and me to do. Things happen. It has come to a, such a place. Now it is in your hands and my hands. Are you going to be the one to warn? Are you the one who, as Isaiah said, there was a discussion taking place and asked, whom will we send? A discussion in the Trinity. Isaiah put up his hand and said, send me. Are you that person that this city will never be the same? Not just the city, the entire country. God chose just one person each time. The method of God is man. When I say man, mankind, you are all ladies are in. So there is no age, there is no gender. God's call is upon each one of our lives. So, I want to encourage you, be a witness. What it is to be a witness? To be a witness, <coughs> you don't have to worry about even what you're going to say. As a child of the Most High God, each one of us must have a testimony. If we do not have a testimony, if we do not have a testimony, it's a question. The reason, if we are to stand firm according to the word of God, a testimony must come. If a testimony is not there, I have to be extremely careful the way I put it. If there had been a compromise, there won't be a testimony. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. If they compromised and bowed down to the golden image, there wouldn't have been a testimony. Elijah or Daniel, he knew he was going to be thrown into the den of lions. If he compromised, there wouldn't have been a testimony. Let us be very serious to take God's word at its weight. We stand against all the odds around us. You'll come out with the testimony. When you are a witness, what you are supposed to do is to tell your story. Nobody can challenge you on that because that is your story. Mm 
That is your testimony. We heard a couple of testimonies this morning. The goodness of the Lord. By the way, He is mindful of every minute detail of your life. Every minute detail. When I say every minute detail, the clothes that you like to wear, the food that you like to eat, you may call it even junk. He knows what you like. I heard one yes. God is mindful of every detail and he said I told you a very heaven fall that is our God so let us be mindful of that what am I to say next step equip yourself 1st Timothy 3 16 through 17 this is the word that said we stand on this is our foundation all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work, for every good work that he has called you and me to. And the second thing I want to say is before I close, is be available. Speaking, I can speak about myself. I set up a program, I put a schedule, and I'm very rigid with that. There's a lot of discipline. You might be a person of discipline. But when God calls, we cannot tell God, I have my plans for today. He can interrupt you. Mm -hmm. Be willing to be interrupted by Him. That's why I said at the beginning, the so-called the good things that we say is good for nothing if it is not of the Lord. Equip yourself because when Philip was led to speak to the Ethiopian eunuch, he was reading Isaiah and Philip asked a question, do you understand what you're reading? He said, how will I understand unless someone explains to me? He was able to explain in a way that he pointed out to the pool and said, what is keeping, what is hindering me from taking baptism? How did he know about baptism? Because Philip has done a good job speaking the word. Where did the water come in the desert? That's another. God's provision. Okay, providence. God can make things happen. Now, my point is, he knew the word, so each one of us should know the word. There is no way to get out of it. Without this, we'll be defeated. For. We need to meditate on it, day and night, as he told Joshua, that you will be success and have prosper, prosper and success in your life's journey. Few advice, don't settle down to the facts around you, as I said, but to the truth. It is he who is building the church. Jesus said, I am building. Some of us are mistaken, saying building God's church. No, let me be bold in saying that it's not you and me. You and I are gardeners. The garden belongs to him. You and I are instruments in the hand of God. He is building and the gates of hell will not prevail. You have the heavens backing you up when you are following His direction. The armies of heaven. Amen to that? Understand how precious you are as a child of the living God. Jesus said, I am the branches and you... I am the wine, excuse me. I am the wine, you are the branches. And without being connected, we can do nothing. Hallelujah. Ask yourself a question. What do I lack? The seven that were chosen to serve the widows, 
They were not apostles. We can call them maybe deacons. What was the criteria? I'll bring it to a close from here. The criteria was they should have a good reputation. Anything if you're preaching, the message, your reputation, your character is a huge part of the message. <coughs> if we do not have that, you can, we can jump over the moon. That word will not be received. Character that requires actually a huge sacrifice on our part. No more blood sacrifice, it's done for good. It is a living sacrifice. It is our right thing to do. He gave his life for us. While we were yet sinners, he died. So equip yourself and uh, ask yourself this question, what do I lack? I want to say a story. Actually, there is something more what is hindering, what Spirit is reminding me the things that hinder us. You know, when Peter walked from Jerusalem to Joppa, there was it's an interesting story again. On that cross section, I do not know what here, your M5 or okay, the cross section, important place. There was a crippled man lying from Caesarea to from north to south, and here from east to west, at the cross. There is a man there, his name is Ananias. Ananias. He was crippled for eight years. We do not know how he got crippled, but he was crippled. And Peter told him, Ananias, Jesus heals you. <coughs> Very important. Jesus, he didn't say I. Jesus heals you, not the future tense. Present, he heals you. We have been given a word. Today, if you have taken this word, the instructions we have received, what did the man do? He jumped off. And Peter also gave another instruction. Roll up your mat. Some of your mothers might have told you that. Make up your bed. This was a little different because he was not going to return back to that mat. Okay? The point I'm making is we are lying crippled and not, not having taken the word that we have been given. Now crippled, he was physically crippled. You and I may not be physically crippled. But there are things that can cripple us. It's important for us to know. Unforgiveness can cripple us. Big time. Unforgiveness can cripple us. There are many things that can cripple us. You know them what they are. If you ask genuinely, Lord will show you what that is. Let not today you can walk out of the guilt of the past into a life of freedom to serve him and serve him alone. There was a young man, his name was Albert Mac, Albert Mac McKean. Some of you might know him on the story. He was a young convert, about 24 years of age. This is the story I want to close with. And what happened? He was so fired up. He wanted to take everyone possible to a crusade that was nearby. And there was a young man, a son of a farmer, a handsome man. He was not interested. He was as young as he was and handsome that he was. He was falling in, out of, in and out of love and he was not interested in the crusade. 
we shouldn't laugh because we grew up the same way, right? All right. Things that takes interest. But this man, he found a way. Albert, he told him, which took his interest, you drive the truck and take these people to the crusade. Which he did. But you know, taking them to the crusade, he walked in. First day, second day, and when he went the third day, something really caught hold of him. He went his life to Jesus. Do you know who that person is? Anyone knows who that person is? Speak up. Billy Graham. Billy Graham. That was Billy Graham. You might not be a Billy Graham, but you can be the Albert <coughs> to take the Billy to know the word. Well, I believe what God has conveyed today, the master plan, you are part, if it is like a big jigsaw puzzle, you are part of the piece and without you, the, it is not complete. As I said, I will just repeat once more to say that you have all it takes. It's for you to say, yes, I'll go for you. Amen. Amen. Amen.